Welcome to a Longer Table podcast, a space for real and sometimes hard conversations that will often challenge your perspective and always empower you to pull up more seats around your own table. I'm your host, Amanda Carpenter. Let's dive in. Y'all get excited. I have my friend Lindsay on the podcast. I am so pumped for this conversation because Lindsay is a powerhouse of a woman. She is someone who I adore. We met when she was living in Chicago and she recently moved away. Lindsay, welcome to Longer Table Podcast. I'm so excited to see you and spend time with you. Oh my gosh, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. One day we got to tell the story of, of how we first met and like what I thought about you before I got to know you and how I judged you. <laughs> you, you can, you can tell that story. It's a short one. Tell it. Okay. I saw her and she had on this like really cute dress and I was just like, Oh, just another white girl from Indiana. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, I shouldn't have thought that that was so rude. And then we had a conversation and then we had some more conversations and I was like, Oh, that's my friend right there. And that's, that's a lesson for y'all. Don't be judging people. You never know who's going to be your home girl for life. <laughs> I love it so much. I still think that's hilarious. And I'm so glad you gave me a chance. Um, but okay, let's talk about the fact that you recently moved to DC. You took this huge leap of faith to pursue a new career. And even though I didn't want you to leave, obviously so for selfish reasons, I've been so proud of you. Um, a lot of us at some point in our life are in a position where we are about to make some sort of transition, maybe taking a huge leap of faith in some way. How did you know that this was the right move? Oh, I love that question because I think that, you know, in some situations you just kind of know, and in other situations you just kind of know enough. And for me, I've always wanted to live in DC. Um, It was kind of a dream of mine for a while. I lived in Northern Virginia when I was a kid. And just in my mind, I was like, I just want to experience DC as an adult. That was my goal. So I actually initially applied to law schools in DC, but didn't get into Georgetown. Very devastating for me because Olivia Pope, I think, went to Georgetown and I just knew I belonged there and they disagreed (laughs) with me. (laughs) So instead I went to Chicago first. And then this time I just like, I was sitting there and like maybe a year ago and I was like, I think it's almost time for me to move. Like, I really feel like it's time to go. And I started frantically applying to jobs and like, I heard back from nobody. Like I didn't understand it either. I was like, okay. I'm a female black attorney. Like somebody's gonna hire me, right? Like I got a I got a couple years under my belt. Like pick me, nothing. And I finally was just like, it's probably just not my season. So I just kind of sat on it for a little while. And then like over the summer, I was just getting anxious and I was just getting this stirring in my spirit of like, it's time to leave. Like your season in Chicago is up. And it's so funny because even on my birthday, two weeks before I applied for my job, my friend got me a shirt that said Chicago on it. And the, my first thought was, what a cute going away present. And I was like, oh, birthday present. Like, hmm. Wow. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I yeah. was wrong. So yeah. I ended up applying to a job at the end of June. And then I was out of here by like, literally, I got here July 31st. So it was a little fast. Yeah, it was super fast. But I guess the the real question I think that I want to ask is, whenever you're faced with a decision like this, where you're possibly going to take a leap of faith or transition, what steps do you take? Like when things get hard or they're scary, I'm guessing there's a few steps that you took or that you continually take when you come up at these crossroads in the, you know, fork in the road. Absolutely. I mean, the first thing I would say, which I feel like is so like woo woo almost is like, trust your instincts. Like when I first saw the job, I had this like pit in my stomach of like, oh crap, I'm going to get that job. And I don't know why I felt that way, but I was like, that's the job. I was like, here it is. It's right in my face. 
And then after that, I did so much prayer, so much journaling and really processing out like what my motives were. Like people were questioning me in the middle of a pandemic. Why would you move? So I did the work myself, not necessarily to answer to everyone else, but to answer to myself. Is this what I want? Is this job what I want? Is this salary what I can afford to live on in an expensive city like DC? Did I have enough savings to move across the country in the middle of a pandemic? Was it wise to move across the country in the middle of a pandemic? Probably not, but so far so good. So I feel like I trusted my instincts. I like stayed in the place of prayer and really seeking God's wisdom and guidance on it and seeking wise counsel from others and journaling. And a lot of my mentors kind of had a feeling already like, oh girl, <laughs> see ya. So like, you know, the people around me that were really trusted advisors really saw that it was um, a good opportunity for me. So that's how, but the main thing, and I know it sounds kind of like out there, but just like I, my, in my gut, I knew it was time. Like I yeah. just knew, even when I cried at the airport and sobbed and I knew it was time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Uh, I love the questioning of your motives and the trusting of your own instincts, because I actually believe that our intuition is a gift from God. And I think the Holy spirit lives in that. And so, uh, I don't know if it's a, just a female thing or maybe it's an everyone thing, but sometimes we have a hard time trusting ourselves, but I think the more we pay attention and, and discern, you know, what your gut is telling you and follow that, um, the easier it becomes. It's like a muscle, right? The more you oh, use it, the stronger it gets. Yeah. I call it my knower. So like you're a knower, like sometimes like when you meet a guy and off the bat, you're a knower will go, mm-mm, mm-mm, girl. <laughs> but you be like, hey, buy me a drink. But your knower's like, mm-mm. Like your knower is like, some. it's a very, it's the still small voice, right? It's gonna nudge you in a direction. And I think sometimes like we're so bogged down by everything else, it's really hard to tap into that voice. You know what I mean? And it's kind of fleeting sometimes. It's just like, mm-mm. And then it's like off to the races. So it's important to slow down make some space, plug for your amazing devotional and, <laughs> and really listen to your instincts. Cause they are a gift from the Holy spirit. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. I love that you just went there because for as long as I've known you, you've been single and open to mingling, but you're not what's so unique about you. And one thing I love about you, Lindsay, is that you're not consumed by your singleness. Um, I feel like you've always had a really healthy outlook on dating and just this beautiful perspective towards marriage. Um, I think a lot of people in your position who are, you know, a woman in her thirties might start to become like cynical or rude about marriage. Um, especially those who do get married in their twenties like me. Uh, but you don't, that's not you, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you're also not desperate or willing to settle, even though you'd really like to meet someone and like kind of move that part of your life forward. Uh, so I guess, first of all, what's the best part or your favorite part of being a single non-married woman? Well, first I have to comment on what you just said. So yeah, I think that the reason I have that mindset is because I don't even think of myself as a single woman. Like I don't look at you and think, Manda is married. You know what I mean? Or these friends are married. I don't like singleness is part of my identity, but it's not the only thing that defines me. I'm carrying a lot of different titles. And the most important one to me is that I'm a child of God. So that is like, that's kind of like my focus. So the best part is that I don't have to ask anybody to do whatever I want. Like when my friends were like, Oh my gosh, like, I can't believe you're moving. I'm like, love y'all, but you ain't my husband. So I'm going where I want to go doing what I want to do. Like my life is not tied to anyone else's and there will come a point in time where it is, and it'll be really beautiful and hard in its own way. But right now at 30 years old, I could decide in a month that I wanted to relocate, sell all my stuff and peace out. Like what a win. So I'm free in that sense. And I would say the best part is also not being yoked to someone that I 
shouldn't have been yoked to. Like, frankly, no shade to my exes, but had no business marrying any of them. <laughs> so that's kind of the best part. It's like, well, we it kind of worked out in that regard. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of any other perks. I just love my life, honestly. Like, I just love my life. And I, you said something about not settling. Like, my friend always tells me, she's like, men are the sprinkles. Like, your life is the cupcake. Like, you can eat a cupcake without sprinkles. You know what I mean? Yes, like, yes. They're more oh, fun than the sprinkles. <laughs> but you can eat a cupcake without sprinkles. And I eat a lot of cupcakes. I would know. So it's just like, I, I'm not going to add just any kind of sprinkle to my cupcake. Like I love my life the way it is. I just got a new rug. I got a great couch. I have great friends. Like, why would I bring somebody in just so I'm not alone? Like, yeah. no, yeah, we're not doing that. Around here. Yeah. You're, you're doing it right. Um, because you pursue, your passions, your calling, your life is not on hold. It's not a, when I meet someone, I will X, Y, Z. You're just living, um, which is so beautiful and how I wish I would have spent my singleness, even though it was short lived because I did get married young. I have regret for how I spent my time as a single woman or yeah, I just, I've talked about this publicly before too. So I think you are such a, I have honestly referred people to you and been like, connect with her or watch her because I think you do it in a really beautiful way, but let's be real. Sometimes it's hard and frustrating and you want to be married. What's the hardest and most frustrating part for you? Um, making all the decisions on my own. I know that's like exactly what I just said, but like, there are times where like I'm sitting there and I have to make a big decision. And I'm like, I wish I had a partner that was like in the trenches with me that knew all the ins and outs of this that could like totally step in and decide it with me. You know what I mean? So that's, that's like two sides of the same coin, but like sometimes when I'm listening to my sister and her husband work through an issue or a life change and I'm just like, man, like at least you all share the burden and the success. Like on me, yeah. it's like, I'm succeeding right now, but if I fail in DC, it's like just me here. Yeah. Myself. Yeah. Wish me luck. And then like right now during the pandemic, like I'm so lonely sometimes like, oh my gosh, my friends just keep sending me puzzles. I'm just like, you can do it, babe. I know. (laughs) You have good friends. I love that. I do. I do. Um, But yeah, that's the hardest part, I think, sometimes. Like, the obvious part, just like wanting a partner for certain things and decisions and then just like the occasional loneliness. But I think there are pros and cons to, to it on both sides, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Pros and cons to both singleness and married life, which, yeah, I mean, we we could get into so many things. But what helps you not become bitter or consumed by the desire to be married? Like this is something you want and you're open about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but how do you, what's, what's helped you not be bitter or, or just be totally consumed by it? Cause I see a lot of people do this, not just with their singleness and their desire for marriage. Maybe it's their life of, they really want a baby and that's not happening for them right now. Or they really want a new job, but that there no doors are opening. We could name so many things, right? The new job, the new car, the kid, the marriage, the whatever, especially with social media, we see everybody else's highlight reels, them getting the thing that we want. Um, and I talk about abundance a lot, so I won't go into a whole sermon, but even though, you know, that somebody else's marriage does not mean like your chances decrease, that's still hard sometimes probably to see announcements and to like have it in your face. So yeah. What helps you? I feel like what helps me is understanding that like I'm in my season for a reason and like God is good. And there 
are a lot of things that God has asked me to do that I'm confident I would not be able to do if I had to tend to a husband right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I would have been able to just pick my life up and move to my dream city for however long I want. Cause let's be real. If I don't like it, guess what I'll do, Amanda? I'll move again. Like <laughs> next city, let's try out Dallas, whatever. Oh, but move like, in with me. Move in with me and awesome. my husband. <laughs> Might be your nanny for your baby. Actually oh, and our boys just love you. So they would <laughs> literally have a heyday. I love them too. So I feel like, um, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Number one though, is just that, um, I don't, I try to stay present in my season. That's what I was saying. Like, this is a great season and it's going to end. Like I get to live alone. My apartment is a mess right now. Nobody's yelling at me to do the dishes except for myself in my head. Like I try to stay present in my season. And I really don't believe that we should look at other people and believe that because they have something we want that it's like you said, it's not going to happen for us. Like, am I just going to stop showing up to people's weddings? Cause I haven't had one yet. Like that makes no sense to me. I've been a bridesmaid like eight times each time. It was awesome. I was like, this is a party. I get to get dressed up, get my face done. Okay. Hair laid dress on. Let's have a blast. Like let's have a blast. Another bachelorette party I'm in. So I just feel like I go hard for other people. I go so hard for other people. Like, cause I want to see them get what they want. Just like I want them to go hard for me when I get what I want. You know what I mean? But I don't take it as a loss. Like I don't take another engagement on Facebook that's going to pop up or like we're in the holidays, it's go time. Right. And then the weddings roll in June. I'm not going to take it as, Oh, another year that I don't get to post about it. I'm going to take it as another one post. I get to heart and tell you congratulations that you found the love of your life. Like that's huge. Yeah. So I've just learned to stay present and to stay in a place of celebration. Like these women are not my competition. They, they are my motivation. You know what I mean? Like God is still in the business of giving out husbands and babies, you know, like, I love it. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think too, for those, any of us, which it's probably been all of us at one point in time who've, who've been in a place where we haven't gotten the thing we wanted and we watched someone else get it. It is hard. That's okay that it's hard. It's how we react to those emotions that creep up. You know, we are in control of our reactions and, mm-hmm. um, just to sit and process and like, choose like, no, I'm going to choose to celebrate them. I'm going to choose to be happy for them. I'm going to choose to believe in abundance and to know that that, you know, them having that baby is not one less baby for me or them finding their husband is not one less, you know, opportunity for me, although it is one less man on the market, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but it's probably not the one you wanted to so like be happy for her. <laughs> right. Right. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's beautiful. You really do go hard for others. And I think that's, um, that's probably why it seems like you, I mean, it isn't the only reason, but it's probably part of why you love your life and find so much joy in it. Um, because you're, you're just uh, looking for all the good to celebrate and, and acknowledging the hard and the sad. It's not like you just live in this positive land. That's like toxic positive. It's like, it doesn't have to be these extremes. Um, No. And let me add one more thing. I will talk to married friends about it. Like I'll say like, I'm having this dating struggle and my married friends might be like, girl, I haven't dated in a minute. I don't really know what these, what you're talking about. You know, I haven't, I haven't dealt with that before, but I'm not, I don't like I don't like split my life up. So I feel like I can't talk to my married friends about stuff or they can't talk to me about their marriages. You know what I mean? Like we're just in different seasons, you know, like yeah, still bestie. Totally. I'm going to guess that another reason you are so healthy when it comes to your singleness and how you, um, have health even around decision-making, which we talked about earlier, it, it just all of this and the joy that you exude 
comes back to your faith. Um, one thing I've loved about you since we met was how unapologetic, like unashamed you are about your beliefs and about your faith in the Lord. And I love that. Um, there's such a genuineness to your faith, um, where it's not like you just, you know, when someone says like, they'll pray for you, but, but, but like, it's just a thing they say versus when you say you're going to pray for me, I like, know you're going to pray for me. I just, Mm -hmm. that's such a, such a cool gift. I shouldn't actually say that because I don't know if anyone who says I'm going to pray for you is actually going to or not, but you know, when you can just really count on someone's praying, someone praying for you, like that's who you are. So let's talk about your faith for just a little bit here. How has your faith and your beliefs shifted over the years? Cause I'm going to guess there's been some evolution and a winding road. Let's do a crash course in Lindsay faith. Lindsay grew up in um, a pretty religious home. Both of my parents are from deep South Mississippi, raised in church, like pantyhose, you know, shoulders covered, like the whole nine. I was like, yeah, 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 sure. Bible books. I'm into it. Whatever I I can get a toy at church, I'll go. Got to college and I was like, not a fan. Don't like this. Other religions did my whole exploration process. Then um, finally kind of started making my way back to Jesus. My mom would ask me about my faith and I would say, I'm almost saved. That's what I would say. I just do it so annoyed. She's like, what does almost mean? I'd be like, I'm headed in a direction. Give me a minute. Okay. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I would literally leave my like actual like small group and like go out that night. Like I, it was a wild time back then. Um, and I was in Atlanta and then I got to Chicago was like still one foot, one in one foot in one foot out, went through a terrible breakup. And then that was the point where I surrendered my life to Christ. So when I say I'm saved, I mean, he saved me. I mean, like he pulled me out of the trenches of a very dark, devastating moment in my life that, and redeemed and restored me in a way that I could never even begin to articulate. Like I'm literally getting emotional thinking about it. And that was like four years ago, five, four years ago. Yeah. And I think about it all five years ago, all the time, because I'm just like, my faith has gone from like, yes, I hear you, mom. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so to like, what about Buddhism? Um, I like it, you know, to like absolutely sold out for Jesus, like, you're right, unapologetic, probably too loud about it, but don't care. And I think that that my process has given me so much grace for people in their process. You know, when people are like, I'm not a believer anymore. I'm like, cool. When people are like, I'm sold out to Jesus. I'm like, cool. When people are like, eh, I don't know about it. I'm like, cool. Because we are all just people in process. And whether it's with religion, whether it's with politics, whether it's within our relationships, we're all just literal blobs of clay that God's just like trying to make into something. We just keep kind of bucking back. So that's the evolution of my faith. It's been all over, but right now it's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. I love that visual too, of the clay and God molding us. And if only we could just be more patient and grace giving towards others who, um, maybe are just in a completely different place than we've ever been, or are in the place that we were five years ago. Like if we could just be gracious and patient and trust that God will do the work, we don't need to like try to do it for them or like push them along. Um, cause that only pushes them away a lot of times, especially when we talk about spiritual things, what's one way that you have connected with God or that you continue to connect with God, like maybe even on a daily basis that even if it feels weird, like how do you connect with God? Yeah. So I usually always pray with worship music on. I found that people don't do that. So maybe that's a weird thing. Like <laughs> I have to like get in the spirit. So like I will put on like Bethel spontaneous worship, you know, like something that's like drenched in the Holy spirit, like the 
YouTube videos are better than like Spotify because, you know, it's like really sliced and diced over there. But YouTube is just like a flow. You can get like a 20 minute worship song. And I usually will walk my floors like up and back and forth. And apparently that's like an old black woman thing. My mom was like, you got that from your grandma. And I was like, I never saw her do that. <laughs> it's just in my blood, apparently. And I will walk the floors and pray and listen to worship music until I feel peace. And sometimes that can take me like a while. And I will cover everything that comes to mind. I rebuke suicidal spirits over this city. I rebuke spirits of deception over this city. I pray over empty wombs. I pray over women that want husbands. I pray over black manhood. I mean, I cover it all. And then I'm usually exhausted and I sleep so good. So good. I love it. I love, I can just picture you pacing and just like on fire, like on your little mission. I love it. And, and yeah, I don't think it's weird, but I love that you shared that. Um, what's some advice you would give someone who wants to grow spiritually? Maybe they're like, wow, this girl's on fire. I want to be more like her. I just don't know where I'm at. Or maybe they, maybe they know what they believe, but they're just like, Ugh, my relationship with God feels so like in a rut. They want to grow spiritually. Maybe they're struggling to prioritize reading the Bible or they don't even know where to begin. Yeah. What advice would you give that person? I would tell her, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Like think God made the whole world in a week, girl. Don't overthink it. When you think about that, like how long would it take you to make the world? You know what I mean? Like it would take so long. And God was like, a week. And then I'll take a day off to rest. Don't overthink it. Like start with Matthew. If you don't like reading your Bible and just read the gospels again. You know what I mean? Like I understand that Obadiah is a little funky sometimes. Like skip it for now. Skip it for a different season. Like go read the gospels. Dig into that. Like if you're just like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. Talk like you would talk to a friend. Like I do that all the time. I'll just sit there and be like, all right, Jesus. So me and Amanda got this podcast today. Pray, you know, like, can we just talk about something that helps somebody? Thank you, Lord. Okay. So also my sister's nephew or my sister's baby is teething. Can you just ease his pain? Just talk. Like prayer is a conversation. And then I would say like, don't, you don't have to follow a specific regimen. Like I love routine. So a morning routine works for me. But if you're the kind of person that at noon, you want to pick up your Bible and read, don't feel like you didn't, you weren't Christian enough because you didn't have a morning routine. If you'd like to read your Bible at noon, just, just relax everyone. You know, like Jesus is cool. Just enjoy it. (laughs) That's what I would say. Just enjoy Jesus. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I want to ask too, as we kind of wrap up this conversation maybe to sum everything up, Lindsay, in your 30 years of existence, in your relationship with Jesus, like how has it changed you? How has it actually transformed you? You're going to make me cry. Oh my gosh. I'm so much softer now. Um, I used to tell my friends when they, they asked for my advice, I'd say, I'm not going to roll it in sugar and bake it for you. And I was just an outright, like, jerk, honestly. Like I would use other language, but I might send this podcast to my mom and I don't want her to hear me say that. I was awful. I was really mean. I was so broken. I was super hurt. I had been in like through a toxic abusive relationship that really just changed my perspective of how I viewed the world. I grew up in like a super safe home. So it just jacked me up to know that like, this is how people interacted with other people. And God like literally like healed me from that. And then like softened me in that. And now like I look at people and I feel like love. Like, I want to just like squeeze everyone and love everyone. And even when I disagree with people, even when I get mad, I'm just like, but God loves you, even though I want to punch you in your face. So I kind of still love you too. You know, it's just like, I feel like he changed me in that regard. Like I'm softer, I'm more tender, I'm less judgmental. I'm, I'm always have been a hothead, but I'm more of like a warm head now, you know, like not quite cool headed, but not quite hot headed anymore. 
I just feel like every day I get a little better and every day I'm a little bit more honest about where I'm not better. And Mm. like, that's because I'm not condemned anymore. I'm convicted. I don't see my shortcomings or where I still have room to grow as an indictment on my character. I see it as an invitation for God to do more work in my heart. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. I'm just going to like have to chew on that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, Lindsay, you're someone, you're someone who, when I think of someone who takes their faith seriously is in the word praise and just like, you know, does the inner work and I can see the fruit. I think of you, you're someone that comes to mind. I think, unfortunately, Christianity has gotten such a bad rap because you have people who can memorize scripture and spew it out. But like, I look at their life and the way they treat people and I don't see fruit. And so I'm constantly coming back to that. Like, where do I see the fruit or do I see the fruit? And in my own life, that's such, that's been such a good reflection question for me, because if it's not producing fruit, then it's not working. Um, or I need to try something different. And so I just want to encourage everyone as we kind of wrap this time up, just to count the fruit, look for the fruit, pay attention to it. If you don't find it, maybe there's some things you need to cut out that are toxic, that are actually preventing fruit. but Lindsay, thank you so much for everything you shared. You're a rock star. I know everyone's going to love you. And in our show notes, we'll make sure you can connect with Lindsay. Um, if you want to take the conversation further with her about singleness or about decision-making or about faith, um, love everything you're doing over at the faith feast. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to connect with people more. I love you. And I love this podcast and I'm just grateful to be able to share my thoughts on it.